Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I'm really excited. I get to be here with Brooke McLaughlin and Stacey Thacker, authors of Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope. We've had Brooke on the podcast before, and now we get to have both of you on. I'm so excited to talk about this really needed book. So thank you both for being here to talk about it. Hey, it's a pleasure to be back, Jamie. You guys are doing such a great thing, and I'm, you know I'm on board with you, so... I'm glad to be here. Ditto. Yeah, right back at you. We love Million Praying Moms, and we're just, we're excited that we've gotten to connect over the last couple of years. So before we jump into the book, I'd like to ask each of you, what is your favorite prayer closet? We just do this for each of our guests. Um, Where do you like to go to feel close to God? And we like off the wall answers too. It doesn't have to be like a literal room. Afraid. I, I have a, this is Stacy, by the way, I have like a legitimate one that I use daily and it's a little embarrassing. So I'm hoping I'm not the first one to say the bathroom. Makes, the bathroom? Yeah, okay. No, that's, perfect. Okay? <laughs> that's the place. Um, it's kind of funny. A couple years ago, we downsized and I used to have kind of a place of my own in our house and, and now there's just not as many options. And so it is definitely, it is the bathroom floor. That is my prayer closet. And you know, the good news is, is that Jesus meets me there every single time. So <laughs> And when your prayer closet is the bathroom floor, it's always clean. (laughs) Well, in theory, so you get down on your knees, you really see everything. Yeah, it's humbling. It is. There's a there's a there's a humility there that may not be in other places. So, so yeah, I'll go with that one. I don't know about Brooke. I love it. What about you? Yeah, I used to. um, It's changed for me over the years, Jamie. I don't. I guess we moved as well. Um, When when my boys were younger. I had what I referred to as my green prayer chair. Like I've, I've even written about that. I still have that green prayer chair. I'm looking at it, but um, I have moved from place to place and sometimes find myself on um, or at the table because I really like to prayer journal. So that's been kind of a, a new development in my prayer life over the last, I would say five years or so is that I journal. So you kind of have to have a space to do that. Um, so I, I do end up at the table a lot, but I'll tell you this, I, um, for, for the women who are over 40, I think they will get this. I don't fall asleep quickly anymore. I used to, and I don't anymore. My husband falls asleep very quickly. Like he will be snoring and he's got a gentle snore. It's not problematic. However, (laughs) um, he will be snoring within just a few minutes and Like I've always said, he can sleep on command. Like he sits down and just, if he stops, he passes out. So it really does not take him long at all to fall asleep. And so because it has 
you know, because this has happened for me and it's taking me a little longer to fall asleep these days, I decided that instead of complaining about that to the Lord and being like, Lord, help me fall asleep. Lord, why can't I fall asleep? Lord, just let me fall asleep. You know, I will use that time to pray for various things. And so like, I'll start by praying for my husband because he's right there snoring. Um, I'll, I'll then move to like our, our kids. And then I find that by the time I get done praying for one thing, the Lord has already put something else on my heart and I'll just keep praying and keep praying and keep praying until I eventually fall asleep. And it's way better to do it that way than it is to just complain and fuss and whine about not being asleep. So that like my bed, if, if you could say that my bed is my favorite prayer closet right now. I love that. And that just brings up the, the really important issue of like seasons change. Your prayer life is never going to look the same. And if we think I need to pray, like, cause I've, I've done that before. I need to be, I used to pray when I was in college, I was way more of a fervent prayer warrior. I, I, I journaled, I had, I spent hours, you know, reading my Bible in chunks of time. And then I'm like, well, wait, I'm a mom. Like it, things change life seasons change. And being able to tailor, not only just acknowledge that, but tailor your prayer closet and your prayer time to the things that are going on. I love that. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, that's really good. Well, I would love to hear the story of how the two of you came to collaborate on this book. Your book is called Unraveled, Hope for the Mom at the End of Her Rope, which I just love. But can you comment on how you guys got started on this book together? Well, that's usually my, my lead um, on that. You know, Brooke and I like to tell people um, how we met. We actually met on Twitter. And so years ago, I think it's been over 12 years ago, we probably started connecting and communicating on Twitter. This is, I mean, back in the day, blogging was a little bit different. And we met on Twitter and we had, we had known enough about each other that we, we knew we wanted to do something. We knew we were interested in collaborating, as you said, on a project together, but we just weren't sure, but we were really open to that. And we had just, um, Rick at the time was leading um, a ministry for mothers of boys. And I started a ministry for mothers of girls because she has two boys and I have four girls. So it just kind of worked out that way. We kind of had these mirror ministries. And so from that, um, we had decided um, just to just, just see what the Lord was going to do. And um, around that time, I, um, I, let's just say I came to the end of my rope. Um, probably one of the first times in my mothering journey that I really, really found myself just completely overwhelmed. Um, I was at the time um, in my closet, actually, speaking of closets, um, doing laundry, folding laundry, going back and forth between my bedroom and the closet. And, and I was just pouring out my heart to the Lord. Um, and about that time, I was also kind of watching Oprah at the time, I believe it was, and a, a, a news story came along the bottom of the screen to tell us that there was a hurricane coming. Um, and I live in central Florida, so this is not new to me, but what was new at the time was I was completely depleted. I was tired. My two-year-old, my fourth daughter was not sleeping. My husband was out of the country. So I was looking at facing this hurricane alone with four children. If <laughs> you get my drift. And so I was just overwhelmed and I, I started laughing. I thought, this is crazy. This cannot be happening. Um, and then I started crying and I just kind of, it just kind of all came out of my heart. And um, through that time, um, I just really sensed the Lord, um, just, just saying, Stacey, I'm so glad you finally realized you're kind of at the end of your rope because I've known this for a while, you know, and glad we're on the same page. And, um, I sat down to write, um, and that was not my idea. That was the Lord's idea. I'd been writing for a while and the Lord just said, I just, I want you to write right now. So I wrote a blog post 
um, about being fresh out of amazing. Um, Brooke read the blog post and it struck a chord with her and I'll let her pick up the next part of the story and kind of tell you how we got to where we are today. Yeah, it did. It really did strike a chord with me. We've, we've talked about this and, you know, when you've been partnering together in ministry for a long time, dates get a little fuzzy and Stacy is better at dates than I am and corrects me often on, on things, but on this one, and it's good. I'm glad I, I need that <laughs> from you. But, uh, but I think during, during this specific time um, that I read this blog post of hers, it was either right before or right after um, my husband and I lost our third pregnancy to miscarriage. And the reason that it was, or I guess made an impact on me is because I already felt at the end of my rope with my, the two boys that I had. And while this third baby was very much wanted, um, none of our children were planned. I always say our kids, none of them were planned, but they were all wanted. Um, God had a plan. We were just following along, but you know, they, they were very, the two that I had were very young at the time and they were already um, overwhelming me in a way that was bringing me to the end of myself. And so when we realized that we were expecting again, um, I had thoughts like, Lord, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I, I don't know how in the world I'm supposed to do this. And, and while I was happy because I had always wanted three boys, that's kind of what I had always dreamed of. Um, I wasn't thrilled about the timing of that pregnancy and nobody else in our lives. I don't share this part very often, but nobody else was happy for us either. Like they were, but they were all seeing us literally hanging on at the end of our rope with the two that we had. And I think everybody thought what I was thinking, what, which was, this is going to push them right over the edge. Like this is going to be really, really hard. And it, and it would have been, so we ended up losing that pregnancy to miscarriage. And then on top of that, I had all the guilt because I was like, you know, miscarriage, even in the best of circumstances brings guilt. Uh, moms wonder, they can't help, but wonder what did I do wrong to make this happen? But compound that with my feelings of like, feeling a little bit overwhelmed and, and like, oh my goodness, did I really want this particular timing before the miscarriage? And it just made it that much worse for me. So that's what I was going through when I read this, um, when I read her blog post. And as she stated, we had already said that we would love to work together in some way. And when I read that, I just thought, you know what, that is exactly how I feel this is it. There was a spark there. And that word is something that Stacy and I have come back to over and over and over again throughout our ministry time together. Where is the spark? Where is God doing something? Join him in that. That's like an old experiencing God, uh, you know, one of the seven foundations, right? Um, you guys will know that if you, if you did that study, I did that as a teenager and it has stuck with me all this time. Look around you to see what God is already doing and join him in it. And that's what we did. We joined together. We joined with what God was doing and, and the story of us being able to have the privilege of sharing hope with moms who need it, who are in the trenches of, of their messy lives was born. That is a great story. And thank you for sharing that and just being so honest because that is mom guilt in all different ways is filled with the, the things we're not willing to say out loud 
the thoughts that come through our minds, the what ifs, the what did I do wrong, the admission of, of just those feelings that you feel like no one else probably has. But for you to like speak those things is like, that's healing. And that's what I love about this book is just that open door for women to acknowledge it's okay. You're not less of a woman because you feel like you can't handle womanhood or motherhood or whatever. It's, we were never designed to carry everything. And so can you talk a little bit about, I know both of you have probably spoken to many women who have resonated with this message. What are some of the top things that you hear women expressing that bring them to the end of their rope? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. I think, I think it, I want to say this first before we go into specifics. I think that it's different for every woman. Um, Part of what Stacy does a fantastic job of in, in, side of the book is talking about how we have this tendency to compare ourselves with other moms. And I will tell you that I'm 44 years old. My oldest son is getting ready to turn 17. And last week I compared myself with another mom. Like I know what it does, right? I know that this is that, that God's plans for you, Jamie, or Stacy, or my friend, my other friend, Jamie, um, or my friend, Megan, like they're different than God's plans for me. And they're different than God's plans for my family. And while there is overlap, especially with friends that we have, that we know we're all trying to, you know, do our best to raise godly children and raise them for the Lord. There's overlap there in, in, in what we're doing and what our mission is, but we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And my strengths are really different than Stacy's and my weaknesses are different than hers. And so, but we, we think that we have to be able to do everything that everybody else is doing. And if we don't, then there must be something wrong with us. And so that for me is, is a, a good one. That's actually Stacy's chapter in the book, but that is one, and she can talk more about that too, but that is something that I think we do all the time as we look at what God has called somebody else to do. And we think that's what we're supposed to be doing when in fact, God may have called us to something completely different. And, and also along with that, we all have limitations. So my capacity to do certain things may be different than your capacity to do certain things. Like God may have gifted you to be a high energy woman that, that can get 15 things done at one time. And you have your hands in 25 different things in the community. And maybe you are doing a great job of that, but then there are other people that God is not gifted that way. And so we have to, we have to understand ourselves. We have to look at ourselves and begin to understand that those things that where those places where we are weak are actually places where God can be strong. And that's one of the just, you know, most important parts of my personal testimony from this book is being able to recognize that my, that it's okay to be weak. It's okay to not look exactly like my best friend. It's okay to do what I know that God has called me to do with my family. And if it looks different from everybody else, that's all right too. And I think it goes right along with kind of what both of you were saying earlier about 
paying attention to the things that spark you, um, you know, in terms of joining God in his work. Well, for you, it's, you know, for all of us, it's paying attention to the things where we feel alive when we're doing them and the things that, that, um, you know, the, the things that we do well, focusing on our strengths and then, and going with that and appreciating them. And not that we can't challenge ourselves to stretch and exercise areas that aren't strong, but I I think it's so important not to get caught up in that whole comparison thing. Cause I, that really resonated with me, Brooke. How about you, Stacey? What, what are some things that you've observed? Well, one of the things um, that we also talk about in the book is just misunderstanding um, what, what motherhood actually is. And I think often we, we look at what's happening right now. We look at where our kids are and whether our kids are little or they're teenagers or we're launching adults, which is a season that I'm in as well, is we look at kind of the right now mess and we think, okay, this is all there is. This is it. And we miss the idea that, that motherhood isn't, it's not a sprint, but it's a marathon, that it is a long game. It is a long-term, it's, it's for a lifetime. It's a lifetime commitment. Now your, your role as mom will change for sure. You know, my role in my daughter's life, she's 22, is very different than it was when she was 10. You know, it is different, but you're, you're going to mother for the rest of your life. And so I think one of the things that I learned very quickly and what caused me a lot of weariness in my life and where I came to the end of my rope is I was so fixated on raising perfect little Jesus loving girls. Like it just had to be, you know, I really wanted them to be amazing little Christians. Obviously I want them to know the Lord and walk with him. That's, that's true. But that God was also using me and he was using motherhood to help refine and, and work on my character as well. And so often I think for moms, we get so consumed with our kids and what's going on with them that we forget that part of that struggle that we feel is that God is working in our lives as well, that he is making me simultaneously into his faithful daughter as I'm trying to raise my kids. And so I think part of the weariness comes from just forgetting that this is a long-term commitment and, and we don't have a hundred percent control of how our kids turn out and that's okay. And that God loves them more than we do. But, but also in the process, God is using this long journey, this marathon of motherhood to make me more like him. And so hopefully I am praying more. I'm walking with him. I'm quicker to repent when I sin. I'm, I'm finding him faithful in all the really hard days. Hopefully I'm doing that quicker and more, um, more confidently because I know him better than I did 22 years ago when I started. So I think that is another thing that we kind of talk about in the book that I think both Brooke and I would say, you know, we've been talking and writing this story for over 10 years. And so I, I look at us and I think, oh goodness, I, I'm, 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 I'm so glad of where we are and where we've been, but it's been really sweet to watch that growth in our lives as well. That is such a good point because I think when I think of some of my weariness, um, it comes from the feeling that I need to be the perfect mom as well as raising the perfect kids and beating myself up when I fail or perceive that I have failed my kids And I think some of the best, most freeing times of my parenthood have been admitting that I failed to my kids and, and not oversharing, but just being like, 
I really messed that up. Like I handled that poorly and I'm working on this. So, or, you know, seeing a trait, this is the worst seeing the trait in myself reflected in my kids. Like they pick up on the things that I do badly and then just beating myself up over God, I've messed them up. You gave me this perfect clean slate and I have like infused them with poison, you know, and then just wallowing in it. That's my theme is wallowing, I think gets us nowhere. So acknowledging and then moving forward and and going to God and saying, what can I do differently? I'm sorry, confess, repent, and then move forward. But uh, it is exhausting. (laughs) It is. I think about that a lot, Jamie. Um, I wish that, especially when my kids were younger, I found myself really wishing that I how do I want to say this? I wish I could go back and be as mature in the Lord then as I am now. And maybe 10 years from now, I'll look back on my kids' teenage years and I'll think, boy, I really wish that I I knew then what I know now. And the idea of that frustrates me a little bit because I know God is teaching me. I know that God is showing me and growing me. And it's just the way it is, right? Like it's, we all have to grow. We all you know, we should be more mature in our faith 10 years from now and do things differently 10 years from now than we are doing them today. But I wish that sometimes I could just hit fast forward and uh, skip the commercials, you know, and, and get right to the part where I know what to do and, and I, I know how to fix it. But that's not the way it is. As I look back on my own mother, who was a great mom, she didn't always know what to do. And she has grown in her faith since I was in her home. She's not the same woman of faith today that she was, you know, when I was still living at home. Um, And her mother probably, you know, continued to grow. I know she did continue to grow and wasn't the same woman of faith. um, You know, when my mother was out of her home, then she was, it's just the way it works. And I wish that we could fix it all. I wish we could just have a, a, a thing where God just dumps everything that we need into our heads and into our hearts so that we could then just impart it to our children and they could have every bit of the wisdom of God that we have, um, you know, as we've matured more in the Lord, but that's just not the way he does it. We, we grow, we change, we repent, like you said, and, and then we do better the next time and we grow and we change, and then we still have to repent and our, and we have to give our kids the space to do that as well. Um, I actually have a sticky note on my computer that I'm looking at right now. And it says, give them the grace to grow out of this because they have to grow out of it. Sometimes they have to grow, you know, you have to give them space and grace to be where they are and be who they are, knowing that God is still working in them. Like he's still working in you. Yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, that is key. And, and it is like, I mean, it's kind of like our prayer relationship with God you know, it's, it's evolving, it's organic, it's growing, it's refining. And I think that our marriages are the same way. Our relationships with, with other Christians are the same way. And and so it is with our kids, I think, but I'm with you. I, I wish that God would just give me everything I needed to, because my biggest fear, if I'm honest, is that I'm going to do something to mess up my kids and I don't want to do that. And so I just feel like, God, are you sure you put them with the right person? I mean, with my daughter, especially when, when I found out I was pregnant with a girl after two boys, I was just like, 
wow, now I have to teach her how to be a woman. Mm-hmm. That's daunting. And I don't want to do that because I don't think I understand or emulate that well. So it's, and with the boys, how am I going to relate to them and shape them? I mean, it's, but it's God hard. is so good. God is yeah. so good. And I think that he has, you know, met me in those insecurities and met me in those weaknesses too. Yeah. Can I share you, can I share with you one of the things that I pray most often? Yes. And that I pray all the time, Lord, would you make them? Cause you know, I have all boys. So I pray, Lord, <clears throat> would you make them into the men you want them to be in spite of me? In spite of me, not because oh, of me, that is good. But, but in spite of me, Lord, would yes. you do that? I, I pray that all the time because I know mm-hmm. that I fall short. I know I'm not everything they need. And I'm not supposed to be everything they need. If I were everything they needed, they wouldn't need Jesus, you know, and I want them to need Jesus, but, but I want God to do this in such a way. I want God to raise these boys to look like they want, he wants them to look. And I would love everybody around to be able to say, God did that. That's such a good point that if we had it all together, if God gave us everything we needed, it would rob him of glory. And so it's like everybody else in the Bible who was imperfect and God used anyway, that's, that's revolutionary. <laughs> it, it may, it's so good. I just have to want to throw in an amen. I'm like, that is so good. I want to say this too, as you guys were both talking, I thought of the verse in Hebrews that says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the convictions of things unseen. I think I have that right. Um, and I thought that's where the faith comes in. Why does he, why does he not just download everything into us as moms that we need when we get the baby? Here's your baby. Here's everything you're going to need. But that's the relationship. That's where the faith comes in. Again, he's growing us and our faith is growing and building as we're raising our kids. And so if we had everything we needed there, we wouldn't have to have faith and they would certainly not grow in faith or knowledge and wisdom of God. Right. So um, I, that just came to mind as I was listening to you guys go back and forth, but that is so encouraging. I'm going to write that down, even though I don't have boys. I'm going to do that with my girls. So with the girls, it works for for girls too. It works for two. It works for both. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so we've talked about some of the things that women struggle with. Um, and there are so many more and your book goes into more detail, but, um, but what are the things, um, what are some of the things that women go to? I know one of the big overarching themes of your book is God is the answer. God is the one you need to press into because there's no help when you're at the end of your rope and at the end of yourself, the only thing that's going to rescue you properly is God. What are some of the other things that we as moms tend to hold up as ways of coping or ways of making us, you know, propping us up or even making us feel better about ourselves as moms? That's a great question. Um, I think, um, I think, I think one of the things that I have done to prop myself up when I get to that point and it, it, you know, I think escapism, we, we try to just kind of ignore what's going on. And I want to go back to that, to that initial point when I was first telling the Lord, I'm not okay. Like I, I need help. Um, I had kind of, um, avoided it and, and I knew it. And, and when I say that there was a hurricane coming, that was coming physically, what was happening in my heart at the time was a, a virtual, like a storm in my heart as well. And so partially because I hadn't admitted and been honest with the Lord that I was in a, in a place of overwhelm when I was at the end of my rope, 
is this internal storm was happening at the same time. And so I think sometimes we go to us, like we avoid and we, we just want to escape it. So maybe we numb it with Netflix or um, we binge watch things or we go to um, entertainment or I don't know, other things as well. I mean, food, obviously, who doesn't go to chocolate when we're having a hard day? Coffee, I will say I, coffee or a Diet Coke are high on my list. They're not bad things in and of themselves. I think we, we joke about them and they're fine. But I think when we go to those things more than we go to God, when it becomes a substitute, that's when that's when we get into a place where that storm is building. And, you know, something's got to give at some point. And so, yeah, that's I, what was I, was gonna, I was just going to say anything good can be bad, right? Anything that's really not bad in and of itself, like it's not wrong to sit down and, and watch a couple of shows on Netflix in the evening. It's not wrong to have a cup of coffee in the afternoon because it you know, makes you feel good. It's not wrong to go to the spa and get a pedicure if that's in your budget. It's not wrong to do a lot of different things. It's not wrong to work out every day. It's not wrong to eat healthy, but any of those things can turn into something, as Stacy said, that's more important to you than your relationship to God. And if you find that you are running to them more than you are running to Jesus, then you have a problem. And, and I say that as someone um, who has watched too many episodes of the Gilmore girls at, at any given time, you know, like I've, I've been there. My, my kids can, you know, as probably everybody could say at times, my kids can be hard sometimes. And I, I like to tap out every once in a while. Um, but I think it can all, you know, again, it can be good. It can be a good, healthy way of having some downtime, but if you're going there more than to Jesus, then you know, it's problematic. Yeah. And just fill in the blank. I mean, like you said, it could be anything. And, and that litmus test is, is it taking the place of going to God or even just doing motherhood? You know, I know just doing it imperfectly. Are you avoiding doing things in motherhood because you're afraid of doing it imperfectly? And yeah, I've definitely been guilty of all of those things. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy. But thanks to Faithful Counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy, and financial aid is available. I recently started using Faithful Counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process. But I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be. So our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying. Well, what would you say... Um, I don't know. I had a couple of things I wanted to ask. I'm not sure because we're, well, we're, we've got a little bit of time left. So we, we have time for a couple more questions. One of my things that, um, that I wanted to ask you is how have your, you, you've both been 
doing this ministry, having this conversation for many years, how has your, how have your individual prayer lives and relationship with God, um, how has that changed over the years with different ages and stages of kids? Like what have, what have your challenges looked like and how have those changed? And then what has been just great about different seasons? That's kind of broad, but. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it's funny. Um, I, I'll go to uh, maybe a little bit more serious than you would intend, but um when Brooke and I wrote this the first time, again, we've written this four times over 10 years. God keeps asking us to tell this story for a reason. But what has transpired in the middle of that, that time is um, when we first wrote it, we, we had both gone through some hard things, but nothing that we felt like was really like truly hard. And so we had invited um, a sweet mama um, named Tracy to tell a story in the book. Um, she lost her son in the Virginia Tech shootings. Um, good, a good family friend of Brooke and her her husband, and we invited her into our book to really speak to tragedy and hardship in mothering, and and what do you do, and how do you build, and and how do you grow through really hard seasons? Um, because we just didn't feel like either of us had a lot to go with. Like we just felt like we just did not have a lot of hard hard things other than that, that we were struggling. But since that time, um, our my my family has gone through one season of trial after another. Since we first wrote this book, I've lost, I lost my dad. A year later, my daughter was diagnosed with a, an autoimmune disease that has been relentless and, and trying to take her down many, many times. And I found myself in one of those seasons in the hospital with her wrestling really hard with the Lord. And I found myself just, just having to come to a place where I had to just trust him with her and understand that he loved her more than I did. And I could trust my baby with him. And it wasn't just a a discipline issue where I wanted her to obey, or it wasn't an issue of, I really hope um, she makes good friends. It was a life and death issue. And so that was not something in the beginning that I had ever come face to face with. And so just realizing that as a mother, you, you hold them in your hands and you have to offer them to the Lord every day. You do. And um, we feel like we have this sense of control, but really, really God is the one that's in control. And so I would say one thing that's changed for me is just being in a deep, deep pit and finding him faithful. And I remember I'll, I'll go to one specific prayer time and then I'll let Brooke answer is that season when she was in the hospital, um, we had to go like at midnight, the doctor called and said, Hey, you've got to rush her to the hospital. She's really sick. We need you to take her now. So we had to get her out of bed and take her to the hospital. And I remember sitting there, my husband had had to go back home with our other girls. And I was sitting beside her bed and, um, no, I couldn't text anyone. I couldn't call Brooke. I couldn't call other friends. I couldn't call my mom. Cause it was like two or three in the morning. Like nobody was up. It was just me and the Lord. And I just sat there and I remembered the story in scripture where um, the official comes to Jesus and he says, you don't even have to come into my house. If you just say the word, I know that you'll heal, heal my servant. I think it was. Um, And I just sat there in my chair, just going, just say it, Lord, just say it, just, just say, just say the word, just heal her now. Like just, just say the word. And I said that over and over and over again. And in that moment, I realized that as much as I love my friends, as much as I'm grateful to have a mama who prays for me and uh, my family who loves the Lord, that when it is just you and the Lord, he's still enough. Like he's there. He really is there. And the most mind blowing thing is that when I didn't have the words to pray, 
he was interceding for me. He was praying for my daughter. He was praying for me in that moment because that's what he does. He lives to make intercession for us. And so that's something that I've learned along the way. Um, I think what God has allowed is for me to know that no matter how pit that how deep that pit is, that he is deeper still. And my prayer life has definitely grown deeper roots because of that. Oh, Stacy, that is so good. And it reminds me of times like I remember just I know there have been multiple times, but one time in particular, I was just in a really low spot as a mom and just in general and spiritually. And I remember sitting there and I don't even remember the issue that was really heavy, but I I tried texting several of my prayer warrior friends and family members to talk to, to get prayer, to commiserate, whatever. I don't know. And I couldn't get in touch with anybody. And I just stopped and I'm, and I just thought, what, what's going on, God, why aren't you opening the doors for these people when I need them? And I just felt God, like, it was like, he didn't even have to say a word. I'm like, oh wait, you're enough. And it's happened many times where I have gotten in that situation where my first response is to want to go to someone for prayer. And I feel like he closes those doors sometimes to remind us that he is enough and he hears us. And sometimes we need to just know that. And what a great reminder. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful, Stacey. Um, I would say for me, one of the things that has changed the most about my prayer life over the years is that I have been asking the Lord to make himself known to my kids in a way like, I know he's real. I know he answers prayer, but my prayers have started to be Lord show them that. So I I thought of, um, this story, this happened several years ago, uh, when, when I'm probably four years ago, four or five years ago now. And one of my children was enduring some pretty serious bullying at school. In fact, we would later find out that there was a child who hated him so much. I don't still to this day, don't really understand why. Um, I, this person hated him so much that they were actively trying to find someone to beat him up. Like they, it's really, it's, it's bizarre. They were telling lies to various people saying that my son had said things that he hadn't said because they just wanted to hurt him that badly. Like this person actually confessed to that later. So I'm not just making that up. It was just this really strange thing that was happening. And there were days that I would take him to school and I very literally felt like I was dropping him off at the lion's den. Now I'm not making a statement on your school choice when I say that. So please don't hear me say that. But in this situation, I felt like I am taking my baby to the lion's den and saying, go get in there. And it was horrifying. And I would come home and I would literally lay on his bed and I would cry and weep and beg the Lord to shut the mouths of the lions. And so what happened was that, you know, all of it, all of it came out within about a week, all of this came out and, and we realized that, that he wasn't actually at fault. He, that someone was literally, you know, trying to pinpoint him and, and do these things to him. And I, and that person ended up getting kicked out of school 
and losing their phone. And when I heard that, I, I was able to look at my son and say, do you realize that God shut, like quite literally shut the mouths of the lion? Do you realize that God just did that for you? We were praying in accordance with God's word that he would do something. And I know that God literally, you know, shut the mouths of the lions for Daniel. Like I, I get that that was something that concretely happened in the Old Testament. And I'm always, I always try to be very careful about what I'm pulling out of the scriptures to, but I believe that it's okay for me to pray those same things and to be inspired by the word of God to pray for my family. And that's not the first time that we have prayed, or not the last time I should say, that we have prayed for God to shut the mouths of lions. And he has done that for my kids in some really profound ways. So I've gone from the beginning of my prayer life being all about me, really like, Lord, would you do this? Because I want you to change my kids, Lord. Like that's really, if I'm honest, that's why I started praying. I started praying because I was desperate for God to do something in my kids. I wanted him to change them. But over time, as God has changed me and taught me more about his word, then I, I find that I much more want God to show my kids who he is. It's not about saying, Lord, would you change them so that it's easier for me? That's what it was in the beginning. But now it's, Lord, would you show them that you're real? Would you make your word come alive for them um, in, in these ways? And I'm telling you, like, he's been faithful, Jamie. He has been faithful. And I think our job as moms is just to look for how he's faithful our, because sometimes we miss it. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I miss the provision of God. Sometimes it's a little thing and I need God to say to me, look at this. This is me doing this for you. Like having a, having someone get kicked out of school, like probably, I don't know if everyone would look at that as God shut the mouth of the lion, but the person lost their phone. They, they didn't have any way to communicate with the people around uh, around them. And so literally we're quite shut off. And so I'm asking the Lord, show me how I can see how you're real and living and active, not just in my life, but in their lives show, show up for them in that way. So I would say, I'd say that's a little bit of maturity. If you start out real selfish, like, Lord, would you, would you fix my kids? And then you move to, um, you know, would you just show them who you are, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, then that that's been a major point of maturity for me. Yeah. And I just, I love the, the point about just slowing down. And like, I sometimes think of it as putting on your God glasses, like just see what he's doing because I miss so much. I really mm -hmm. do. And sometimes I'm so overwhelmed by the needs and I'm just like, throwing out the, the requests left and right, God help them to do this. Or, you know, uh, you know, whether it's changing, changing the kids, changing the circumstance, uh, even, even the prayers that you mentioned later of, you know, open their eyes to what, what you're doing and who you are and show them that you're real, that I forget to look around me and see how those things are unfolding. And, and like you said, in, kind of, I think God has kind of a sense of humor and like, you know, you can call them God winks, the thing about, you know, shut the mouth of the lion and to literally take their phone away. I mean, I just feel like those are 
just little, I don't know, kind of like, look, I did this and I did this extra thing just so you would know it was me, Yeah, you know? And, and he didn't just do it for me. He did, right. it, for he my did son. it for your son. He was like, look, yeah, kid, I've got you. I've, I've got, got you in this. I know yes. this is hard, mm-hmm. but I want you to see my hand mm-hmm. in your life. And it's one of those times where you know, scripture tells us to build a monument, you know, build, build something. And mm-hmm. it's one of those times where we have figuratively built that and we come back to it over and over again. Good. And we'll be like, no, but wait a minute, let's not forget what God did in this situation. Let's remember what God did in this situation, because when you remember what he's done, you can have faith that he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. And for your son, that has to be such an impactful answer Mm -hmm. to prayer for him to build on at a young age. Mm. Well, if each of you had like just one message that you could guarantee that, that the woman reading your book would come away with, what would you say that it would be? Mm. Ah, gosh, it's hard to boil it down to one, but the one that's been sticking out to me lately, this go around is that, um, I can't out need, I can't out need God's ability to provide hope in my life, that hope abounds. It's basically the idea from Romans 15, 13, that the God of hope is able to cause me to abound in hope. And so I think sometimes we come and think, oh, I got too much going on. I got, I, I got my, my need is too big. My kids are too crazy. My life is falling apart. Like I feel like my need is so great, but there's nothing in my life that is bigger than God's ability to meet me in my mess and provide me with hope. So that's probably right now what is really ringing true for me right now. Yeah, that's so great. I, I, I love listening to you say that, Stacey. It's such a great reminder. I think for me, one of the things that has surprised me about this book that God has taught me over, you know, as a, maybe a new thing that God has taught me, um, it has to do with the title, the subtitle of the book. And, you know, the subtitle is hope for the mom at the end of her rope. And I have this visual and we're supposed to right? words, create visuals. Um, I have this visual and I have felt it in my own life of literally, you know, nails dug into the rope, bloody hands, trying so hard to hold on to God in the midst of things that feel like they're going to fall apart. And I would like to say to the mom, this is what God has taught me in the midst of all this is just let go just let go of the rope because scripture tells us that we are not the ones holding it all together. God is the one who holds all things together. And there is, you know, just like Stacy said, there's no way we can out need him out need his ability to provide hope. There's also nothing that we can do to get God to let go of us. The one who holds all things together holds us. And even when we have to let go of the rope, he is still holding us. And so that to me has been such a great reminder because there have been times in the last 12 plus years when I felt like I did let go of the rope um, or, or that I was getting ready to. And I look back and I think God is big enough to handle that too. God is big enough to handle me dangling at the end of it. Is also big enough to pick me back up when I fall off of it. And that is such a beautiful sense of security to me that there's nothing that I could ever do. There's no, there's no distance that I could fall 
there's nothing I could do. I can't mess this motherhood thing up so badly that the God whose specialty it is to make beautiful out of broken won't do that. That's a beautiful picture. I love pictures that illustrate things. And I, that that's such a good picture. What would you say to the mom listening that is just like, okay, I, I think I've already let go of the rope and I'm in a free fall. What, what does she do to get back to God? Like what would be a, a step that she could take if she's just like, I don't even know how to go to God. Yeah. The, you know, the, the scriptures tell us that the way that God speaks to us in these days and times is through his son. And scripture also tells us that Jesus is the word. And so if you feel like you can't get to Jesus, the way to cross the bridge is to get into his word. And I think Stacy and I would be the first people to tell you that that does not mean that you need to sit down and have an inductive Bible study on the book of Revelation. Like, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> Don't start there, please. <laughs> Uh, but just read a Psalm and a proverb every day or, or, you know, pick a, a book of the Bible, ask a friend, if you're not really familiar with, you know, the Bible, ask a friend who is, where should I start? What's your favorite book? What really speaks to you? And just go there and maybe read one chapter of that, that particular book a day and ask the Lord, will you just show me one thing today? Will you just show me one thing? Maybe it's just one verse, you know, Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is living and active. So it is not like any other book that's out there. If you go to the word of God to seek God, you will find God. And so that's his promise to you. Seek me and you will find me. And so I would just say, you got to get in the word. There's no way around it. I, I know you agree with that, Stacey. There's no, there's no way around. If you want to get to Jesus, you have to get into his word. No, I, I don't have a lot to add to that. Um, one of the things we talk about in, and this is kind of peppered throughout our, our story is um, just being honest with or where you are in that place in your life. For sure, be honest with the Lord. He knows anyway. You're not giving him any information that he doesn't know. But really what started this whole process was being honest with where we were, openly inviting him into our mess, prayer, talking to God and encouraging our heart with God's word. And that is an acronym that actually spells hope. And so if, if I was going to give a mom a very simple approach, that would be what it is, is to be honest with the Lord, openly invite him into your mess, pray and talk to him and encourage your heart through God's word. Also in that process, find a friend. That's part of our story as well, is that Brooke and I, though we live in opposite places in the country and rarely see each other physically, I know she is for me. I know she's on my team. She has prayed me through some of the hardest days of my life. Um, I know that I have someone I can turn to if I need to find a friend, ask God to give you a friend. If you don't feel that you have that, because sometimes we do need a person, you know, we do need someone to say, Hey, you're going to be okay. And if that person is drenched in the word of God, like Brooke is, then you have a friend for life. She yeah. always makes me cry, but she does the same thing for me. So. You guys are just making me cry. Yeah, I'm crying too. I'm just like, that's so beautiful. Both of you, this, yeah, the, the message of this book is so, so important. I know there are women right now that are just like doing yes dances <laughs> as they hear your words. So I, I'm just so thankful that you both came to share. Well, can you tell us um, how 
our listeners can find your book, uh, how they can find you each on social media and online. Yeah, if you go to unraveledmom.com, you'll find out everything you need to know about the books. It's a simple way to remember it. Um, yeah, we'd love for you to grab it however works for you and maybe grab a copy for a friend that you might know that needs some hope. If that's not you, if you're listening today and you're not in that place, um, we promise that there's somebody in your life who is. So it makes a great gift as well. Um, you can find me on social at all things Million Praying Moms. That's where I hang out, millionprayingmoms.com. Instagram is Million Praying Moms. Facebook, Facebook is Million Praying Moms. Um, just leading women to make prayer the first and best part of motherhood. Mm, that's really good. I met a mom yesterday who picked up a copy of Unraveled and she said, I don't know who this is for yet. She's like, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to tell me. I loved that so much. I was like, I oh my goodness, that. tell me when you find out. So I love that Brooke said that. Um, so yeah, grab a copy for yourself and a friend. Um, I'll read it together. Oh, goodness, that'd be so fun. Um, okay, so where you can find me, I am at Stacey Thacker on Instagram, official Stacey Thacker on Facebook, or you can go to stacythacker.com and find all the places at my website. All right. Well, can you each just give me, I'm going to close us out in prayer. Can you each just let me know how can we be praying for you today? Pray that I survive the teenage years. That'd be cool. You know, like I think sometimes people are tempted to look at, at those of us who, you know, like you, Jamie, that run a podcast or have a ministry or wrote a book and, and, they think, well, they probably know everything. And I am here to tell you that I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I would love that. I would love wisdom for my husband and I to, you know, we have an upcoming senior and, and uh, just that we'll be able to shepherd him well as he takes the next steps. That would be great. Mm, that's good. Um, I would say for endurance, one of the things that's kind of changed for me in this, this past several years is that I'm now um, uh, a working mom. And so I am not just that I was more of a stay-at-home mom and now I'm also staying at home and working at the same time. So just for endurance, I find myself um, overwhelmed by all the things um, that have been added to my plate in the last several years. So I would say for me, um, working outside the home has been a new, a new level of trust in my relationship with the Lord. So I'm asking the Lord to give me the endurance I need. Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here and really excited to just see this book go out and impact so many women. So thank you for sharing your hearts in, through this book. All right, let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for Brooke and Stacy. Thank you for this long journey of partnership, this common um, just passion for pointing women to you when they're in the thick of things, when they're in the thick of motherhood, when they're at the end of their rope, we just pray God that you would bless each of these women, that you would bless this book and just open doors for it to go out and reach more women than they ever could have asked for or imagined. Lord, we just thank you for your abundance and just for the way that you are glorifying your kingdom already through this book and through these women, both individually and collectively. We just lift up Brooke and just her momming of teenagers. Um, just We just pray that you would give her and her husband godly wisdom, wisdom that is not what the world gives, but wisdom nonetheless that just will 
help them to know exactly what their boys need and when they need it. And that you would just give them creative ways to engage with them, to point them to you, that you would just give them that knowledge of when to press in and when to when to force conversations and force them to open up or when to remain silent and just let you do the work. Um, only, you know, those things, God, we just pray that you would help them um, to just uh, have insight into how, how they're different and, and how to engage with each of them individually. And we do pray for those boys, God, that they would draw near to you, that you would just help them to see you at work around them in big ways and small ways, and just help them to just attune their ears to your voice. We just pray that you would bless them abundantly and just help them to draw near to you, God, and to just grow into strong men of God. Lord, we just pray for Stacy. We just thank you for new seasons and the way that you've brought her into this season of working outside the home and, and that she was able to trust you with that. And we just pray against any, um, any anxieties or, or unsettling feelings with, with the change, God, we pray that you would help her to see really clearly the, the joys and the benefits of this new season and that you would help her to have endurance to run the race well, and to just keep going, give her energy, um, help her to adjust her habits or her schedule to maximize that, that, um, that energy and that endurance. And we just pray that, that when she gets to the end of her rope, that she would read her book and <laughs> remember that you are there, God, that if she needs to let go and that you are sovereign in all things. And we lift up her girls and just thank you for the Ebenezer's in her life through prayer for her daughter and her health issues. And we just pray your healing power on her daughter in Jesus name, Lord with, with the autoimmune disease that she continues to struggle with. And, and we just pray for her other kids and, and her marriage and for Brooke, her marriage as well. God, we know that with busyness and kids, our, our marriages sometimes fly under the radar or get, get the, the crumbs under the table. And, and I know we're all guilty of that. We just pray for their marriages to be strong, that you would draw them close to their husbands as you draw them all closer to you. And we thank you for motherhood um, and just, just lift up that, um, that calling to you, God, for you to do with as you will and to be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.